Welcome to the weekly Mission Red Bank podcast, helping the body of Christ build itself up together in love. My family moved to Chattanooga in 2000. I didn't like driving through Red Bank. I really didn't. I was raised in a lower to middle class community my entire life. Consequently, I have a pretty good memory of what it feels like to come from a place and a people who are considered just a bit less than. And when I was 17, that feeling was so compelling, I vowed that my life would look different than what I'd grown up in. I'd make something more, something better of myself. And I was devoted to this ambition for years, so devoted that in time, by the time I got married, that commitment to being more in my own mind almost destroyed Heather and me. It would have destroyed us if God hadn't stepped in, but he did. But even after he stepped in and I started following following him, and then really following him, kind of like a crescendo, you know, it just kind of grew. Even after that, I still didn't like being in lower income areas, kind of angsty, defensive places that were like what I'd grown up in. And that's how I thought about Red Bank. And so I wondered why, and I think it was because it hit too close to a wounded place in me. And that wounded place was informing my identity a lot more than the Lord was. So God, in his kindness, he began to remind me of what he thought about me, how kind he had been to Heather and me, how much he had helped. He began to help me consider how folks who grew up like I did, people with big painful parts to their stories that were really obvious, mattered just as much to him as anyone else. We're not beyond his love or redemption. As a matter of fact, Jesus liked hanging out with people like us. He reminded me how we're all his, created in his image, and therefore meant to find our identity in him, not in our woundedness, not in our success, but in him. And these words these reminders became like tiny seeds being planted in my heart. And over time, a change began to take place. It took time, (laughs) but it happened. And as it did, so did my thoughts about Red Bank, about this community. And so about 12 years ago, my family moved here. We moved about four minutes from where I'm standing right now. Caleb used to be a big baseball player, and Heather and I liked to play catch, and we would do stuff with him. So when this used to be, this actual room used to be Red Bank Athletic Shop, I've purchased two baseball gloves in this room. They were hanging right there. It was a different looking wall, but it was the same wall. And I paid for them right over here. That's where the point of sale was. I was at that time serving at a church over in the North Shore area, serving at large, if you will. I I served on Signal Mountain here and in Lookout Valley 
overseeing different parishes. But our hearts were really growing and rooting here in Red Bank. And so this deep commitment and love for this community, a vision for this community, a desire to see good for this community began to grow. Now, fast forward to the last four years, and here are just a few things that have happened. October 27th of 2014, Mission Red Bank, who we are today, then called the Red Bank Chapel, held our first worship service in this space where I had purchased baseball gloves. Today, 2018, some who've cared about this city long before we arrived, who've grown up here, gone to school here, are now worshiping with us. The kids space where Heather and her team work, it's grown from about a half a dozen kids being cared for to literally ministering to dozens of families over the past four years. Meeting house where we sit right now, the coffee shop, it's become a safe community space for hundreds of people a week. This, we don't have an outreach ministry. We are outreach. That's what we do six days a week. Chattanooga House of Prayer, where we first started in 2013, while we were still trying to find a space in Red Bank, it's upstairs now, as is the Mission School of Ministry, the small seminary for our diocese and for the Abbey. It's upstairs. And you're here today. These things have happened. And I don't bring them up to be proud about them. These aren't things to be proud of. They're things to be thankful for, to embrace, because we're getting to be a part of something God's doing in this little corner of his creation. We're getting to be a part. So with that in mind, let's pray and then look to his word to consider how he got us here and maybe where he's taken us a little bit, how to think forward. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of each one of our hearts will be pleasing to you. And I ask, Holy Spirit, for you to meet with us now and do your will in and through us. We pray through Christ. Amen. All right, so God's kingdom often comes differently than we think it's going to. It doesn't always come just straightforward, regimented, and easy to follow, does it? Am I the only one that happens to? Okay. I'm grateful that I am not the only one because someone else would need to be preaching. Um, the coming of the kingdom involves a lot of planning, but a lot of redirecting, a lot of waiting, and a lot of doing while you're waiting. A lot of patience in the midst of process. Understanding this, getting that, and accepting it and living according to it is part of our role in the king's creation. Today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 13. I'm just going to go through quickly these three stories that Jesus tells that speak to this. Now the two verses that Sean got up and read earlier out of the gospel of Matthew are found sandwiched between two other parables. One about sowing a field and being patient and then the other about a woman kneading leaven into flour so that the dough created can rise and bake bread. So I'm just going to speak to those two very briefly. We didn't read them, but kind of give you the gist of the stories. Jesus says that the kingdom 
It's like a guy who plants a field so that he can harvest food from it, and an enemy comes along and sows weeds or tares into that field. And this guy's workers, they come and they say, you want us to go pull those up? And he says, no, let them grow, and then at the time of the harvest, we'll pull them apart and discern which is which. Well, if you get a little context, you can understand what's behind that. You see, an enemy sowing weeds into your field would have not only been bad for your business, like sabotaging you, but it could be deadly. It is likely that the tares or weeds that, the, that Jesus was speaking to are what's called darnel or false wheat. And it's poisonous. And it looks just like wheat in its early stages. You have to wait till it matures and the wheat matures, and then they look quite different. But in their early stages of growth, they look the same. So you had to get it out of there, but you had to be patient, right? You had to let process happen, and then you'd be able to do something about it. You couldn't just make it go away. Now, the third parable is about a woman baking bread, and the kind of bread she was baking required leaven to be kneaded into the dough. Jesus, I love the way he put this, he said it's hidden in it. The small thing kneaded into it then has an impact on it that changes the dough, and then you can bake it, and you get this incredible thing that was a common part of their diet and ours, bread. But there had to be patience with the process. You had to go through it or you didn't get there. Now, what Sean read is the parable or the story that's in between those two. It's the parable of the mustard seed. In particular, they think it was the black mustard seed, which is about the size of the head of a pencil. It's very, very small. And Jesus speaks about that tiny seed being sown by a farmer. Now, let's just pause right there, because first of all, that would have been very unusual, even unacceptable in Jesus' time. You see, mustard seed and the mustard plant that grew from it, the black mustard plant, it's a weed. And farmers didn't want it near their crops. Why? Because no, even though it was a tiny little seed, once it germinated, it began to grow, and it, would, it was like kudzu. It would take over everything. You know what I'm referring to there on the mountainsides. Okay, it would literally go in and just cover an area so they couldn't grow their crops. They would have to go in and dig everything out and start over again. Well, Jesus says that the kingdom is like a farmer who sows that. So the people are like, sows mustard seed. And then he says it starts out really small. And then it begins to grow, and then it spreads, and it gets so big that it can be like a, a bush. It, has a, it even has a fleshy-like stalk on it that looks almost like bark, so it looks almost like a small tree, six to nine feet tall. And birds can rest in the branches. He's trying to say that the kingdom comes in ways that you may not expect, and it, it requires time and patience, and process to come to fruition. And as it does, more and more people are welcomed into 
what God is doing in the world. They come to rest in the kingdom. So in each of these stories, he's teaching us the value of waiting, and he's telling us that part of our stewardship of his kingdom coming isn't what the Jews would have expected, which would have been for it to happen big and dynamic right then. It was coming small, like a baby born in a manger, to a poor carpenter. He came in a very, very inconspicuous way. And then it begins to grow. God's kingdom coming, his sovereign rule over his world often isn't as straightforward as we would like for it to be. It involves a lot of patience, a lot of process, a lot of doing some things while we have to wait for other things to happen. Now, here's why this matters. Okay, let's think about it in our context. When my family said yes to moving to Red Bank and yes to joining the Mission Abbey to come and plant a worshiping community in this part of the city, we really didn't know what all that was going to cost any more than Chris and Angie knew it with their team when they came down. You make lots of plans, a lot of plans, and sometimes they work out. Sometimes, man, they, they bear crazy fruit and do a lot more. Sometimes it's as if God just has a sense of humor, and what you're doing is a joke. <laughs> you can't figure it out. And then sometimes it's really hard, and it's even really painful. But one specific thing you learn from all this is that part of the purpose or destination even is the process, that you're being transformed. The things that Chris said earlier that he experienced a year ago and he experiences now, that came through lots of work and prayer, lots of effort, and a no small Measure and certainly not even, we're not able to discern how much Holy Spirit has just graced us with transformation. But you just stay the course and you be with it. When Abbot Chris was here a a few weeks back, he preached something on the idea of persevering in the storm and, and the process of doing that being the destination. Because that's where God works so loudly, I guess, sir. Mightily, maybe you might say. And sometimes seems like he's not doing anything and something's happening. This matters because like the tiny mustard seed that's planted and takes over, the thing that Jesus spoke of there, the kingdom, we're part of that. We've been planted here by God because God has things in mind that he's doing in this city, in this community, in this particular area of the community. And we're small but we're growing. And he's calling us to be about the work. He's calling us to partner with our brother and sisters around us in other worshiping communities to be about being the church of this city. The growth that we're experiencing now was sown in the seeds that God planted in my heart. They were sown in seeds that God's been planting in your hearts. And as we've come together, the crops 
been multiplying. Things have been happening. So what we've done today is move in a direction that shows we're actively wanting to receive that and make room for more of it. This is our version of building more barns for what God is bringing. We can't buy no more barns. We couldn't buy this one. We have to rent it. But we can multiply services and we can make use of it this way. And in this, we do get to seek the good of this city. We do get to actively yield to being about what God's doing here and now. His grace compelling us to be about the grace he has in mind for this community. To us and through us. So how are you going to respond to this grace? And I want to give just a a few quick suggestions. You know, our four core values, if you've ever been through a belong session here and talked about what it means to be a part of Mission Red Bank, which is a part of the Mission Abbey. If if you've ever been through one of those, you know there are four core values are belong, grow, serve, and go. I just want to briefly put my finger on the first three, just briefly. You being here today is part of belonging. You coming to this place and allowing other people to come with you, introducing it to them, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week is part of belong. We want to be a safe place where anyone can belong. Please continue to do that. It is the coach pitch of what we're doing. You just can do it. You just bring them for a cup of coffee, okay? We want you to do that, but we also want all of us to actively grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Just real quick, next Sunday morning at 9.30, Jeff Revere's relaunching the build class, the Sunday school class that he started last year. It'll be 9.30 to 10.30, Every Sunday morning, I invite you to go to it, dig into God's Word and grow. I invite you to bring your children to that hour as well because K through 6th grade now will have Sunday school in our children's spaces over here that Heather and her team with Bradley and Natalie and others are going to be overseeing. So I invite you to bring your kids to be part of that. Come to Vespers in the evening when Ethan and Bradley, primarily they're the teachers there, and these guys are good teachers. You want to dig in and understand God's word? Come, because you can raise your hand and ask questions. You can say, I don't understand, and it's not disruptive at all. Just come be a part. Be a part of a mission community group, a men's group on Thursday, the women's group on Wednesday. Let's start 10 more. I'm in. I can't lead them, but you can. Let's figure out how to do that. And then the last thing would be to actively serve in our midst. Here's going to be an opportunity today. I know there are not that many of us here, but when we're done, we need to reset this room for tomorrow morning. But with this many people, it probably won't take us 20 minutes to do it, to completely reset the room so that the meeting house is right back into the flow of the culture tomorrow. And that's a real active way to help. But I want to add one thing to it. Pray over the tables and chairs in your heart in your mind as you do because people are actually coming to sit there and we're the only people group that care to reach to Jesus and ask his blessing on them because we're his disciples we're his followers so I ask you to do that do this to be who we are God's workmanship created 
in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in. They're there already. Do these things. Let's walk together and discover it. Mission Red Bank, God has planted us and is nurturing us. We're growing a piece of his kingdom here in Red Bank. Together, let's be thankful and let's discover and do whatever it takes to find what he's doing and to keep doing it. Amen? Amen. You've been listening to the Mission Red Bank podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Mission Red Bank or have questions about what you've heard today, you'll find us on Facebook. Grace and peace to you, and may God's blessings surround you.